Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm summertime, less fun time given the circumstances, guest bailiff, Monty Belmonte, from 93.9 The River WRSI in Northampton, Massachusetts, filling in for actual bailiff, Jesse Thorne. This week, dance, dance, resolution. C.W. brings the case against his husband, Jeff. The C.W. wants to dance with somebody. He wants to feel the heat with somebody. Yeah, he wants to dance with somebody. With somebody named Jeffrey. C.W. wishes that Jeff would get the party going on the dance floor. See, because that's where the party's at, and Jeff will find out if he do that. But Jeff don't feel like dancing, dancing, even if he finds nothing better to do. And asks C.W., why'd you break it down when he's not in the mood? Even when they are alone at home. Will Jeff save the last dance for C.W.? Or will C.W. be a dancing with himself? Uh, 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 uh. Who's right? And who's got two left feet? Only one can decide. Please jump to the left and then step to the right. Put your hands on your hips and bring your knees in tight as Judge John Hodgman steps and ball changes into the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Ha-cha! This isn't, this isn't the quote. This is just me saying, ha-cha! <laughs> summertime guest bail of Monty Belmonte for putting in the work, doing the preparation to write that intro. Let me show you the entirety of my preparation. I found a quote to read. Okay, good. And here it is. The Soul Train line only lasted the length of one song, but in that time, Don Cornelius brought you a diverse world on its feet, and what that did was abolish the regionalism of ghetto America. Back then, the country was much bigger than it is now. Whatever was happening on one side of the country, the other side would never know about. For instance, there was a way of life in the Northeast, its own style, lingo, and dance that other parts of the country weren't privy to. The same went for the Southeast and the Midwest. Watching Soul Train inspired teens to move to L.A. to be on the show and display their slice of life. Dance and fashion amalgamated, and black people regardless of location, began to think on one wavelength. Summertime, guest bailiff Monty Belmonte, please swear the litigants in. C.W. and Jeff, put your hands in the air. Come on, say yeah, everybody over here, everybody over there. Jump to the rhythm, jump, jump to the rhythm, jump. Now, everybody look at your hands. That's a safety dance precaution. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, Lord of the Dance, or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that Hodgman won the 1991 Brookline Boot Scootin' Boogie Championship? I do. I do. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Not in any way true. I have won zero contests for (laughs) dancing, and nor will I. I am medium okay at it. I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff. You have an advantage here because I am medium okay at dancing and it takes me a lot of various forms of persuasion to get me to do it. But this whole thing could be solved right now if one of you, Jeff and CW, can possibly name the source of the cultural reference that I read while I walked, did not dance into the courtroom. CW, let's start with you. Uh, I, I, it was a great quote, by the way, it had a lot of, a lot of amazing content there. Uh, I have no idea, but I'm going to attempt to guess 
which is uh, Rosie Perez from her Fly Girl stint on Living Color regarding the power of dance. I'm guessing that that was from her. It's an interesting guess. Diary of a Fly Girl, Rosie Perez. Perhaps, (laughs) maybe, let's add it into the guest book. But Jeff, now you have a chance to steal it back. Do you know the source of the quote that I uh, read as I entered the courtroom? No, I was hoping it would be something from the safety dance, but I have no idea. <laughs> you, <laughs> that That is absolutely my speed as well. And uh, I couldn't see before when Monty was swearing you in. We are connected to each other across multiple states using teleconferencing technology. Did you do the safety dance moves when you were being sworn in? I missed it because I was l- looking at my little piece of writing to read. I do not dance. Not even the safety dance? The safety dance. Monty, tell me if I'm doing it right. It's palms forward, and you frame your face with one palm beneath your chin and one palm above your chin, right? And And then every once in a while, there's a big clap, I believe, if I remember correctly. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the Vogue. Oh, Vogue is a whole different thing. That's either side of the face. Greta Garbo, Anne Monroe, Dietrich and DiMaggio, Marlon Brando, Jimmy Dean. We're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. (laughs) Don't do that. Sorry, Madonna. I'm sorry, Madonna. (laughs) We won't get sued, however, by Amir Thompson, also known as Questlove, the drummer from The Roots, the great disc jockey of late nights on Instagram in these days of social isolation, the incredible food maker and eater and writer about her, and as well, documentarian of Soul Train. One of the longest-running shows on television founded by Don Cornelius. And as Amir documents in his incredible book, Soul Train, the Music, Dance, and Style of a Generation, it pioneered a movement in African-American identity and sense of beauty and introduced multiple, multiple, multiple incredible artists to the world. Soul Train, the Music, Dance, and Style of a Generation, that's the plug. Quest, love, please don't sue me for quoting your book. It's a great book. I order everyone to get it. But now we must hear the case. CW, you bring this case to me. What justice do you seek against your husband, Jeff? So I have a husband who will not dance with me at all. Not in my house, not on trips, not if we go out socially. So I seek a ruling that my husband dance with me at home whenever the possibility allows and actual dance for a full song. And that whenever we go out socially, which is rare, we're both rather introverted. Especially these days. (laughs) That's a good point, especially right now. Obviously, the future is changing every hour on the hour, as it it always does. But it feels exceedingly malleable and a little bit terrifying, our future, as we move forward into this hopefully better new normal and workful one. This is true. So I don't know what's going to happen when this thing gets out there in the world, this podcast. But as we are... Recording right now, there's still stay-at-home orders here in New York City. You are in Nebraska, however, is that right? Nebraska. Omaha or Lincoln or where? Lincoln. Lincoln, Nebraska. Nice. Okay. Right now, are you able to go out dancing? Legally speaking? Legally speaking, perhaps. Nebraska was one of the few states that never had any shelter in place really? or social distancing mandates. Oh. So so at present, it is technically possible. But I will say in fairness, I am, um, as millions of Americans are, have asthma. So I've been staying at home no matter what and will as long as this, this uh, pandemic goes on. I feel you, CW. 
I am virtually raising my Ventolin inhaler in solidarity <laughs> with you. Thank you. I raise mine back. Good on both of you for staying home and staying safe er, at home. Now, Jeff, why won't you dance with your beloved husband? I've never danced. In your life? <laughs> in my life. Well, I've waddle danced that when you rock back and forth with yeah. like in a junior high dance. Yeah. Uh, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Was that a traumatic experience for you? Yes. Uh, in seventh and eighth grade, I went to a Catholic school. So we were forced to take cotillion, which is dancing and etiquette classes. And so we danced in groups, but we also had individual judging by the instructor. And he would bring you up there and oh, tell you how bad you were. <laughs> individual judging. Oh, this is, let me just say, your pronouns for both of you are he, him. Would that be correct? Yes. Correct. I don't mean to presume, but I want to make sure. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And you are two men who are married. Yes. Correct. And that's how you identify? Mm-hmm. So Jeff, going to a Catholic school and being forced to dance with girls and being judged on it, combined with who you are as a human being, I don't know when you know, what, what you knew about yourself when, but yeah, that seems like a real recipe for ick. Yes. Extremely so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can understand why you dancing is not your favorite thing. Have you tried dancing since then? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. When would you, when would you guess sincerely? When would you guess was the last time you danced in, in any kind of public forum. Eighth grade cotillion. That was it. <laughs> That's it. I, when I was in high school, I went to a uh, wedding for a colleague of mine. Well, actually, it was an early college. Um, and she invited me to her wedding and said, and even back then, people knew I didn't dance. And so she goes, I'm going to make you dance at my wedding. <laughs> oh. So I was sitting there at the reception. Your friend. Yes. <laughs> And she yanks me out of the chair oh. to go dance. But thankfully, yeah. I accidentally stepped on her train and ripped half of her dress off. So but... I didn't have to dance. Thankfully. <laughs> Where did this wedding take place? In an 80s comedy? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> so because you, quote unquote, inadvertently destroyed her dress, she got distracted. And her attempt at forceful dancing conversion therapy did not take hold at that time correct yes and how did you feel when you were off the hook incredibly relieved (laughs) and what did you do for the rest of the time at the wedding drank (laughs) Mm -hmm. was early college though (laughs) no no i understand i understand so when cw when did you two meet and when did it become clear that jeff is a non-dancer uh, we met in 2002 at Oklahoma State University. We were both in grad school. In what field, may I ask? Jeff's PhD is in wildlife ecology. He's an ornithologist with a focus kind of on stats. He's a statistician. He's a bird statistician? He's a bird yes. statistician. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me put this to the test. Jeff, as of this recording, it's June 9th, 2020. How many birds are there in the world? Don't look it up. And what percentage of them are cardinals? (laughs) (laughs) 
Flight 1%. <laughs> All right, I got to take your word for it. He's Dr. Bird Numbers. Sounds legit. Ornithology statistics. That's cool. That's a cool job, Jeff. It is cool. I don't get out in seabirds very often, but I get to write c- computer code to count them. So. You write computer code to count birds? Well, to analyze data from counts. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So would you say that you're more of a coder statistician than ornithologist? At this point, yes. But was your interest primarily in statistics or birds? Are you a statistician who got a job in birds or a bird person who got into statistics? (laughs) The latter. I started off with an interest in studying birds and their behavior, and I got really good at statistical modeling. So that's where the career path led. (laughs) That's a cool job. CW, what's your cool job? Uh, I am executive director of a performing arts nonprofit program here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Nice. Oh, two of you living in Lincoln, Nebraska, a town that I've never been to, but I've been to, I've been to Omaha. I've been to the big O. Nice. Yeah. I liked it a lot. A lot of fun there. One of the young, cool dudes that I met there said like, yeah, it's like, it's like Chicago, but without any major sports teams. I'm like, Hmm, this sounds interesting to me. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been to Lincoln, which is a college town, right? Yes. It is. And the state capital. And the state capital. Thank you very much. Bird statistician there. Making sure I get the facts straight. All right, CW. So you have an incredible job of meaning there because you're working in a nonprofit performing arts center. And you're involved in the performing arts. So dance is a part of your life, part of your passion, would you say? I would say, and I should clarify, we're what's called a presenting fine arts organization. So we bring in touring artists and we have our own course as well. But yes, dance is absolutely important to me. I, I grew up around music. I never uh, can recall a time in my life when we weren't dancing around the house or... You can't recall one time in your life when you weren't dancing around the house? That sounds exhausting. <laughs> uh, it, it was, actually. It was, it, was, it, was, it was very tiring. The thing is, I come, like, I come from a family where everything was sort of made musical. Uh, chores, those sorts of things. And Jeff knows, because even around the house now, anytime I'm doing dishes or whatever, I'm always dancing and moving and singing because that's that's a way to burn calories and also to still stay true to my my love of music. But I'm, I'm always dancing. I was kicked out of show choir in college, but I am a dancer Okay, in my head. In my head. I'm not really yeah. a dancer, but in my head and in my house, I'm a dancer. So you, you, met, you met in graduate school. And at some point you had to have said, hey, let's go dancing because you love to dance so much, CW. And when did you learn that Jeff was like, uh-uh? So I knew early on, like early on, probably in the first two months. And again, I was fine to even dance in his apartment at the time. But he was absolutely adamant that that was not going to happen, that no matter the music, even music he liked, he was into sort of um, nothing that I was into, but punk she called it he called it chicago industrial kind of punk at the time uh-huh. um so the groups like mazzy star skinny puppy those things i don't see how you dance to that but i'm willing to try <laughs> you dance like this you sway back and forth oh okay <laughs> or you jump up and down a lot right i just have to say that because i can see the litigants now that we're recording by a teleconference jeff i almost saw you sway you like you got close <laughs> <laughs> You're doing okay. You're feeling okay. You did half a sway. <laughs> I saw it too. That'll be that'll be my dancing for the year. <laughs> he nearly faded into you, CW. 
Jeff, what is this genre of band? He's conflated Massey Star, which was kind of like a post-punk new wave type band with Chicago Industrial. They were like Revco, uh, Skinny Puppy was one band. Um, some of the names aren't aren't polite to say in, in mixed company. So. Dr. Bird Numbers gets cooler and cooler, CW. He is very cool. I love him. I absolutely love him. He's my best friend. I just think he'd be that much cooler if in addition to counting birds, he would dance with me. That would make me very happy. When you went to a Revco show, Jeff, what would you do at the show? Just stand there? Would you shoegaze? <laughs> um, I'd usually try to find a booth or something, and then I'd uh, let's listen to the music. Okay. So... CW, go ahead. I feel like you were about to say something. No, I was just going to say, Jeff was born in a really great time for music, and it wasn't... He was born in June of 1971, and that that time... Jeff's seven years older than me. Again, we met in grad school, but it was a great time to kind of love music and embrace it, and I, I've I've embraced the music that he loves. Often, I'll, I'll uh, play Mazzy Star on the house or, or try to uh, sort of get something on that Jeff might dance to, but it, it, it doesn't happen. What is the name of the band? Mazzy Star? Yes. Okay, got it, got it. I don't, I was not, I've never heard of this band. Have you heard of them, Monty Belmonte? Yeah, they had that one big hit, Fade Into You, which I referenced. Which she quoted, yes. A moment ago, when <laughs> oh, Jeff was me. easily swaying back and forth. Yeah, let me see if I, let me see if you can dance to this music. I don't care if Mazzy Star sues us. But you can shoegaze to it, that's for sure. You can sit in a booth and enjoy <laughs> this music. Hang on, I gotta skip this ad for Teachers College on YouTube. All right, there we go. I listened to... This song from minute 112 to 116. Producer Jennifer Marmer, I think we can play that without getting sued. It's only four seconds of the song for me to know that no one would ever dance to this song. Slow dance. Good point. It's a great slow dance song. Yeah. You can leave room for the Holy Spirit at your cotillion. Yeah, that's that's a true like eighth grade, even though this is 90, 1994, neither you nor I, Jeff, were in eighth grade at that time. No. But when you talk about that kind of like slow waddle with the barely touching arms of an eighth grade slow dance, this song would be part of that for sure. Yes. Let's take a quick recess. We'll be back with more of CW and Jeff's case in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2020, Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up? Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Jeff, do you feel that you just don't, you don't have the moves? I mean, you don't have the moves. You've never tried the moves. I don't have any musical ability or rhythm whatsoever. Since I was a kid, my parents tried to teach me piano. It didn't stick. I was in grade school band for two years. And after the two years, still couldn't play my instrument. What was your instrument? Coronet. Right. Bad starter. (laughs) (laughs) I could make it sound really bad, but I couldn't make any music. That's not a skill. Making a coronet sound bad is not a skill. Making it sound good is the skill. And the last two semesters, we were taking adult piano lessons at the university before the virus shut everything down. Oh, wow. I still could not get rhythm in any shape or form. I could play the notes, but it did not sound like music. And when we were clapping out beats, I could not follow that at all. Clap with me. Well, there's going to be a delay because of the, the teleconference. But this will be fun. <laughs> One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, no. Keep going, Jeff. No, you're faking. There's no way you can be that bad at clapping. <laughs> Ask Charles G to CW. It's, yeah, yeah, he, he can be very bad. But I, but I think I think music is... A universal language. I tell Jeff that all the time. So it's accessible. Obviously, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I can't, I mean, given what you just saw and heard, I can't argue. Maybe some will never speak the, the language, but I'm hopeful that the ruling today will encourage my husband to, if I may continue the metaphor, become fluent in it. Quick question. I know the answer to this. First, when did you get married, CW? So we got married in 2004 uh, when it was not legal anywhere, but we got married then. And then we were legally married in Iowa 10 years later uh, to the exact date, time, and hour. So oh. we've been married almost 50, over just over 15 years. So you had two wedding, two wedding ceremonies of a kind. We did. Did we you did, dance yes. together at your either of your weddings? Not in the least because my husband told me no. And I wanted it each time, but he was not on board with it. So we did not any either. We didn't even have it. There was no dancing. We didn't even have a reception that involved dancing or DJ. Wow. Just food. I want, I wanted it. Yeah. It was not, Jeff, it is not enough that you dislike dancing. You must withhold dancing from others. It's <laughs> a good point. As often as possible. <laughs> I mean, the people who know you must love you, and 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 so they they must know that you don't do any kind of dancing. Couldn't you have at least let others dance at your wedding, Jeff? I suppose. <laughs> oh. But a DJ I... is so expensive. <laughs> Make a playlist. Exactly. Good point. So. CW, when your husband won't dance with you, how does it make you feel? Um, it makes me feel temporarily rejected. I mean, I get over it. I've been with him a long time. I love him. Again, he's my best friend. You've been together for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, almost 20 years we've been together. Um, it makes me feel like he's unwilling to meet me halfway on something that I think is is a fair request and important to me. And it, it makes me feel like... Uh, we we we're not doing our part as as a gay couple, I think, because I think that you know we're in a, we're in an era of marriage equality, and why not set the set the example right in our own home, and then build from there and externally to show the younger generation that, that right. gay men too can dance. That's right. Why you have an obligation to show the world that two gay men can dance together. It's never been done before. I like no. To I show like to two think men that, can't dance together because <laughs> one yeah. can't dance. <laughs> You know, here's my argument in a nutshell. I feel like Stonewall happened so that, among many other things, gay men could be themselves. And 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 Paul Lind appeared on Hollywood Squares, and RuPaul has done everything that RuPaul has done so that gay men can be out and proud and just comfortable with themselves. So I always say Jeff is amazing. He's incredible. He's intelligent. He has nothing to be ashamed of. I always say dancing's like a lot of other things. Few of us are really good at it, so... so uh, many of us should should still have fun with it. And and may I add, or will I have one opportunity to add one final piece for my case, Judge? All right. I'll allow it. I will say, I think it's salient, but I defer to your judgment. The biggest argument Jeff and I ever had was in 2007. And it was a long extended dialogue regarding who was the sexiest and most erudite male celebrity. And he insisted it was Justin Long. And I said, Judge John Hodgman. So, of course, they didn't have John at the time, but I, I insisted upon that. So I, I want you to know where he stands in relation to your celebrity, sir. Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. I just I had to mute myself there so that I could uh, I could cough and take a drink of water and then spit it out <laughs> in a spit take. 
You're sitting there in Lincoln, Nebraska, CW, trying to curry my favor. Absolutely. By suggesting that you found me more attractive than my co-star in the Apple ads, Justin Long. And you're trying to say that. All that proves to me is that you have you do not perceive reality correctly. <laughs> well, I would say I probably don't, and Jeff can back me up on that. <laughs> I'm married to me. But yeah, if it'll, if it'll win the case, absolutely. And of course, it's a sincere compliment to you, Judge Hodge. I, I take it as a compliment. Absolutely, but it does not. But it under it undermines your case as a rational actor. <laughs> as, as soon as I said it, I thought that. But I thought, you know, it's too late to pull it back now. So I went for it. Jeff, when yes. you think about dancing, how how do you feel? Uh, extreme anxiety. Right. I mean, even when it is suggested that you dance alone with your beloved husband in your house. With literally no one watching. Yes. We do Why not? occasionally waddle dance. So that right. we don't ever dance is not true. <laughs> we do at least once or twice a year. Like the, I'll do the, that'll yeah. be my dance for the year. <laughs> you do a little Mazzy star back and forth. Love it. Yes. So CW, in fact, Jeff has met you halfway. He's done the only dance he ever learned to do. Your complaint isn't that he does not dance. Your complaint is he doesn't dance the way you want him to dance. I respectfully disagree on the following because it, it is a maybe 30 second waddle. It's never a full song. There's one time we danced to a full song and it was our first wedding anniversary. I do give him that. I absolutely give him that. But I would love a full song, a full couple of rounds on the dance floor that is our, our wooden not laminate wood floor in our house. I, I want more than one song. I, I would love that. What was the song you danced to on your anniversary, the whole song? I think it was Nora Jones, The Nearness of You, because that was uh, performed at our wedding in 2004. That's a good, that's a good waddler. It is. Yeah. You sent in some evidence. Most of the evidence that you sent in is irrelevant, adorable photos of yourselves and your cats. It's true. For the record... They are all of these photos of you together at the, when you first met in 2003 at uh, Oklahoma State University, and then your first marriage, your second marriage, very, very adorable, plus B and Levi, your two blind cats. Correct, yeah. Incredible. They'll all be posted on the Judge John Hodgman page at MaximumFun.org, plus the Instagram account at Judge John Hodgman on Instagram in particular, who B, who has no eyes, one of the most amazing cats I've ever seen. She's so uh, amazing. She really is incredible and, and super sweet, if I may say. I'll just, just add, she had recurrent eye infections as a kitten, so they were removed. And mm -hmm. that was before we had her. We got her and Levi from our local Humane Society uh, two years ago, and they just enriched our lives. And they're wonderful. Yeah, they get around as, as good as they would if they had sight. They're great cats. Adorable testaments to your love for each other and Thank you. your love for these cats. And it's incredible. Immortal vampire cat. And then, the, <laughs> and then B, the cat with no eyes. Your kindness, your generosity of spirit, your decency. And they're all irrelevant. <laughs> the only piece of evidence that has any relevance is this video... Maybe even is this video of CW dancing a line dance at a wedding. 
It is. I'm watching it now. What song is this? This is the Cupid Shuffle. It's at a friend's wedding in 2013. Jeff and I were attending, and the song came on, and I said, Jeff, come and do the, the song with the dance, the line dance, and of course, I got my usual no. So I went out and danced, and I've announced to me, and I'll give this to Jeff. He recorded me. and uh, so Jeff it, recorded you, participated by recording. He did. He did not give him that, but I would much rather have had him out there dancing with me. And let me just say this to you, CW. You've got some moves. I try. You know, a wedding is one of the only circumstances where I might get up to dance. A line dance, I won't do because I don't know the rules. You just got in there and did it. That said about... That said, about halfway through, you took off your, your suit jacket and revealed to be wearing a, a white T-shirt underneath it. <laughs> I was. A white T-shirt under a vest. Yeah, it was, it was hot, and I'm, I'm a chubby musician. You're, luck, I... you're lucky that Bailiff Jesse Thorne isn't here right now to <laughs> judge your sartorial choices. I'm much more forgiving. Fair point. Thank, thank you. When were you dancing to that Nora Jones song on your anniversary jeff were you feeling anxiety uh no all right cw you mentioned you felt a little rejected jeff i mean and you know that you're not being rejected but jeff of course how did you feel when cw says says that it's somewhat upsetting because i kind of (laughs) think we have danced with the waddle dance that we do once or twice a year but it's the amount of skill required for the level of dance that he is wanting is just beyond my capability. I mean, if I was joined that line dance, several people there would have been injured. It makes me upset, but I think it's unrealistic expectations. CW, is it the case that you feel that Jeff is shy about dancing? It has been, it has been displayed that he is genuinely unskilled at rhythm, that the learning curve to become a okay dancer is high for him, but that you believe that uh, if he were to overcome his shyness, no one would judge him on his lack of skill. I I concur with that. That is absolutely that, correct. That would be your argument. Yes, sir. And Jeff, may I say that I think that that is true. I was looking at that video and CW was doing some good dancing, but most most people at a white wedding are not good dancers. You can get away with a lot of not, it's not the soul train line where you have to display your moves. The waddle will get you pretty far. Do you, do you feel, do you feel held back by your shyness? I think that may be part of it, but most of it is just a complete lack of skill. So it's not the shyness. It's the not wanting to look like a complete and utter idiot. Yeah, but Jeff, you know that no one becomes a doctor of bird counting overnight. You have to study. You have to go to graduate school. I mean, you were taking those piano lessons. Clearly, you want to to bring music into your life. Do you think you'll ever go back to those piano lessons? Um, I'd like to. He, he was good. He was good at piano. I just want to say that he's bad. On, he's hard on himself about a lot, but yeah. he was he was good. He was learning piano. And I think that's true for a lot of things. Jeff does. I think he could learn dance. And Bird counters take themselves seriously. I know <laughs> they do. He does anyway. Jeff CW outed your age 
you recently or are about to have a birthday in June. Yes. When yes. is your birthday? Uh, the 30th. Oh, so close, but wrong. Too bad. Third was the number I was looking for. June 3rd. Uh. Oh, well. I'm older than you. <laughs> By 27 days. Don't worry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's your birthday. Okay. Yeah. Happy birthday, by the way. Yes. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Stop ingratiating yourself, CW. <laughs> A real John Hodgman fan would have known that already. Look up my Wikipedia page before you come here to flatter me. Drop some deep cuts. <laughs> well deserved. I'll, I'll take. Loved that. you on your three episodes arc on Red Oaks on Amazon. That would be one you could have really gotten that. Not that. I think you're sexier than Justin Long. An obviously untrue fact. <laughs> All right. CW. Yes. What would you have me rule if I were to rule in your favor? I would say, given today's discussion and given the case and the ongoing pandemic, I would settle for a ruling that when we can dance at home for the entirety of a song or two, three or four times a year, to a shuffle, the Walking Dead shuffle, we, we do that. I would settle for that. Can it be to the Walking Dead theme song? <laughs> that would be fun, actually. That that Now we're getting into some choreography. I, I'm up for that. Jeff, may I presume that you would have me order that you never have to dance again and that this never come up again? Exactly. <laughs> Not even a once a year 30 second or one song waddle? Well, status quo would be a good ruling as well. And, the, and status quo specifically to your mind is, so that I know. Uh, one or two waddle dances a year. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'm going to electric slide into my chambers. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman forms a conga line out of the courtroom. CW, you seem to have said, um, as gay men in Nebraska, that this not dancing publicly is a social justice issue. Do you believe this to be true? Are you in a, an environment where you feel like you need to um, be advocating for gay men in the face of Nebraska through dance, I guess? I, I, I absolutely <laughs> believe that. The answer is absolutely yes. I think that representation matters and you never know who's looking. And sure, the, the time might come when we're out socializing and if we can dance, someone might cease and go, wow. And also, if Paul Lind was willing to get up there and be on a center square that was aired to the heartland per Hollywood squares and make a difference, then the least we can do is dance now in 2020. That's how I feel about this case. Jeff, do you feel that in any way your dancing in public is a social justice issue of importance for gay men in Nebraska? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Jeff, do you want to dance inside, deep inside, but are afraid to dance because you feel like you don't have rhythm and because you feel like people are like, do you secretly want to dance, but just or you really have absolutely no care to dance whatsoever? No care to dance whatsoever. It I don't find its entertainment value. It just seems like a bunch of people moving rhythmically in a room together. As a bird doctor, have you ever done the chicken dance? I have not. It's <laughs> a good question. Make you want to move at all? We're going to nope. get sued, Monty. We can't... I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I won't do any more. Let me just ask you. I think this is in the public domain. 
Does this make you want to dance at all? Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Makes me long for cooler weather. Well, will Judge John Hodgman whip or will he nay-nay? We'll see what the judge has to say in his verdict, and we'll be right back on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman Electric slides back into the courtroom doing the new electric slide this time and presents his verdict. I am very torn in this because I believe that life is made better and more tolerable through music and the enjoyment of music and even, I dare say, dancing. As a person who is shy about his own body, it is very difficult for me to make the transition into dancing, much as it is difficult for me to make the transition into uh, getting into a bathing suit and letting the world see the shame of my upper half. It is hard, but as discussed in my book, Vacation Land by John Hodgman, available wherever books are found, <laughs> which is to say on stoop sales and in little free libraries, because I'm not sure anyone's selling that book anymore. But anyway, you know, making transitions from one state to another from one state of comfort to a state of discomfort, whether that is physical or emotional, is very hard. But once you get through it, it is endurable and survivable and often quite euphoric, ultimately. So there is definitely a part of me that wants to order Jeff to just get over himself and dance. But then I was appreciating something else. And I thank you, Monty, for asking those questions. I confess that I was listening listening from my chambers as you were talking to Jeff and CW. At some point, you asked Jeff about dancing, and he said, I do not see... I'm paraphrasing, Jeff, forgive me. I do not see the point of it. To me, it is just people moving rhythm, rhythmically in a room. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 
maybe Jeff is an android. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Jeff's, I was remembering that Jeff could not even clap in rhythm properly. Maybe Jeff (laughs) perceives reality in a very different way than I do. Because even if I don't love to move from a non-dancing state to a dancing state, when I see dancing, I know what it is. I don't. It's an expression of physical joy and beauty and art. It is enjoyable to to experience, even if you are not doing it. It is not just a number of question mark non people swaying rhythmically in a room. It's a thing that happens that people do. Jeff, it's dancing. You all you perceive reality in a way perhaps is different. And in the same way, you know, CW perceives reality in a way that is different as well. First of all, he finds me attractive. Don't, I don't know. We don't know what we see. It's like that old college dorm room thing at the University of Oklahoma, right? Where he was like, is the, is the color blue that I'm seeing the same color blue you're seeing? Is John Hodgman attractive or no? The answer should be clear. I don't know what CW sees. He perceives a different reality where, where dance needs to be part of life. CW, you made an argument that gay men rioted at Stonewall. Rioted, by the way. Rioted. Because change happens due to direct action and sometimes breaking the rules. Correct. Amen. They didn't write a strongly worded letter. Just saying. And they rioted for the right to express themselves. And we have all benefited from that. They rioted for the right for gay men to express themselves fully. And you are arguing that Jeff is dishonoring that fight by neglecting this invitation to express himself fully. But CW, what if this is Jeff fully? You know that he is shy. That's true. And shyness is something I don't think anyone ever regrets conquering. But I have seen Jeff clap. (laughs) And unless... Unless (laughs) he was, was, you know, sabotaging his clapping on purpose, I could see a... I see a situation where Dr. Bird Numbers just doesn't have the knack. That combination of middle school trauma plus basic shyness around this area plus basic lack of skill plus not understanding what people dancing are doing (laughs) plus the time-honored precept of Judge John Hodgson that people like what they like and they don't like what they don't like and you have to respect that. All of that entwines to me to say that Jeff is someone who does not like to dance. It, it makes him anxious and uncomfortable. He loves you so much that he has done it on several occasions, though you refuse to admit it, CW, to the best <laughs> of his ability, which is low. And he does not want to do it anymore. I'm going to find in Jeff's favor. He is making the effort to show you that he loves you 
by doing something that he feels uncomfortable doing and is bad at three to four times a year, whatever the status quo is. But Jeff, no one ever regrets overcoming shyness. And I believe that there is a crime that has been committed that must be put right. You did not allow people to dance at your wedding. That is not an expression of self. That is a denial of pleasure of others. If I am, and this court is to respect your non-dancitude, you must respect the dancitude of the people you love, including CW. And look, Dr. Bird numbers, you're coolest, you're the coolest guy in Lincoln. You're coding, <laughs> you're creating algorithms for the counting of birds. You love Revco and Mazzy Star. You got when you go to a wedding, you just sit there and you watch or you film. You take part in it your own way. So when it is next safe for us to gather in groups and breathe on each other again in at least middle school slow dance distance, I order you upon the appropriate anniversary to co-host a party, get a playlist, and let your friends dance around you. And Jeff, I mean, literally, you have to sit in the middle of the dance floor on a chair. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I love that. You, you can have a cocktail table. And you can just sit there and watch. Maybe they will lift you up. Like at some weddings. Yeah, you know what? You got a Havana Gila it. <laughs> That'll show you. After that, though, Jeff? Yes. I want CW to never mention this again. <laughs> that is that that is merely penance for preventing people from dancing at your wedding. Do you understand? I do. All right. And uh, and I think you'll have a good time being lifted up in a chair by people and dancing. Who are dancing? Sounds terrifying. Thank you, Judge. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge Sean Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman flosses himself out of the courtroom. CW, you didn't win this case this time. However, a forthcoming dance party seems like it will be a fun affair. And Jeff, the status remains quo, but my question is, and we didn't get into this too much, but are you averse to slow dancing too? Because that's sort of just like hugging CW while rotating. <laughs> um, no, it just depends on how complicated the movements are. There's a lot to integrate when you're listening to the music, trying to follow the beat, and trying to remember steps and things. Would you be happy with a more regular slow dance CW as opposed to some sort of fancy upbeat Spice Girls dancing? I could live with the slow dance, but I will say I'm happy with today's ruling only because our 20th wedding anniversary is in four years, and I'm all about the judges having a gila dance with my husband in the middle. I'm, I'm happy with that. I hope you'll include Mazzy Star and Revco on the playlist. <laughs> Definitely. 
Well, Jeff and CW, thank you both for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Another case in the books. Hey, uh, Monty, before we go to Swift Justice, I want to thank Jill Graves for naming this week's episode Dance Dance Resolution. It doesn't often happen that there are like two case names that I love equally and I can't decide. And this week there were three. So I just want to shout out as well to J.J. Gertler for Verdict at the Disco. That would have been great. Nice. And Tom Lawson suggested Strictly Courtroom. All really good. So we got to get some more dance related episodes so we can use those titles in the future. And thanks to everyone who submits titles uh, week after week. You're all amazing. If you would like to name a future episode, follow Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. We regularly put out a call for title submissions there. You can follow us on social media. John's on Instagram at John Hodgman and on Twitter at Hodgman. I'm on Twitter at Monty Belmonte. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag JJHo. And check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to discuss this episode, MaximumFun.reddit.com. And we're on Instagram, at Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to follow us there for evidence and other fun stuff. Our producer is the fabulous Jennifer Marmer. Yay! Yay! Now, let's get to Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Dre asks, is my refusal to use the terms grande or venti when ordering a drink at Starbucks contrarian? Or is it a righteous rebuke of gimmicky marketing? One of the things that I stress over and over again during this time of uncertainty is that we should all lessen the burden that we are putting on each other's lessen the load, whether that be viral or mental or emotional. So yeah, Starbucks has been adding to my burden since it was invented and came to New York City. That said, while I agree with you in spirit, Dre, by being frustrated by this, refusing to use the terms grande or venti is not contrarian because there is nothing about going to Starbucks that could ever be contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> you are wholly anti-contrarian. What, what would that be called? Contrarian? Yeah, that's right, Dre. You're contrarian. Remember, lessen the burden. Every time you make them do the mental calculation, because you refuse to say grande or venti, and they've got to do that dumb Starbucks math to figure out which is the big one, that's adding burden to their lives. Just say say what the dumb word is or go to a different coffee shop. Probably a better idea. Whew. There are plenty of coffee shops where you don't need to learn fake Italian. That's right. All right, Monty Belmonte, thank you so much for joining us again. Hope to talk to you later in the summer. I hope so, too. And stay in touch. As always, you are there at WRSI The River morning after weekday morning with the great tunes and local programming from the wonderful Pioneer Valley that I miss so much, WRSI.com. We know where you are in with social media, but where are you right now, Monty? I'm on the Cape of Cod. We used to right. get a yurt in a state park in Brewster, Massachusetts, but all of those are closed for camping, so we're borrowing a friend's house for a few days and still enjoying the largely desolate beaches in this early part of the beautiful weather. Thank you for taking time out of your break from your truly rigorous morning DJ schedule that I have never envied. <laughs> and that 
uh, to join us again as always. So that's about it for this week's episode. Submit your cases at maximumfund.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at maximumfund.org. No case is too small. No case is too big. Some cases are too medium. I'll tell you what, I'll decide. Until then, we will not see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast because this is a podcast. I can't see you. Goodbye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.